0: At the end of the day, there's only three ways to grow a business, right? We can increase the amount of customers we have. We can increase the spend that they spend at our store or spend with our business. Or lastly, we can increase their purchase frequency. Exciting.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. How about you guys? Well, have you guys just been like really focused on LinkedIn? I saw you guys creating a lot of content.
0: And YouTube now. So we're doing like a lot of nice. YouTube shorts at the moment and we're starting to share them on um, LinkedIn as well. So yeah, it's going well. We're um, we're going from like what we would call like PX 1.0, which is more of like the done for you agency model into mm-hmm. PX 2.0, which will be yeah in the course world and we're starting to launch our own products in the second half of this year. So we're just doing that transition where we're not really bringing on all too many clients at the moment unless we're super jazzed up about working with them. And then we're building out our own products as we go, as we
1: get more and more time. Wow. Has it all been just from LinkedIn? Is that where you've been getting majority of your clients? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where we've been doing the majority
0: of um, our lead generation. So, you know, pretty much within about 10 months, we're able to generate about half a million dollars in sales just through LinkedIn and referral partnerships.
1: Amazing. And is there like any levers that you can pull when you're on LinkedIn? Is it just creating a post? with a call to action, or are you just replying to every single comment? How did you generate half a million dollars on LinkedIn? That's a good topic that we can jump into actually. I think that that's a good um, small segment we can get into. Yeah, well in terms of I guess like how we got started with LinkedIn, right? Um,
0: there's this great book by Dan Kennedy called Wealth Attraction. And it's not like the woo-woo wealth attraction, like build your vision board and everything will come true. Um, it's very much more tactical, right? How do you build wealth? What are the steps to going there to, and to doing that? So with this book, there's some principles and there's, I think there's like 33 or 28 wealth magnets in the book. And to be magnetic to wealth, you need to be somebody and you need to be somewhere. So what we decided to do was, hey, where we're going to be is LinkedIn. And what we're going to do is just provide more value than anyone else out there. So in terms of tactically how that looks is we do a lots of value benefit driven posts. And then every now and then we'll share a case study post being like, hey, how we achieved X in Y timeframe. And that is what really pulls in the leads for us. So we do like value, value, value. And then we do like a right hook in terms of, hey, this is what we've done recently. We're currently accepting clients.
1: Wow. And then when you would do one of those right hooks, how many people would book in discovery calls? you reckon, just from one of those right hooks every few days?
0: Yeah, so it would be about three to four people would come through and be like, "Hey, I'm interested about finding about more," and you know, maybe 50% are qualified or something like that. But with our agency, like we prefer to be on the more premium side, just so we can get more in depth in projects. It's not about like just getting like the cheapest job done. It's about providing the most amount of value and actually having the time to explore what a good digital strategy looks like for our clients at Persuasion Experience. So, in terms of like what we need to actually you know hit our revenue goals, only one or two clients a month um, leaves us to be very profitable and allows us to really help out clients to the maximum ability that we can do
1: that's really cool and then i don't know if there's something you want to talk about but pivoting to the version two of persuasion experience are you guys going to build a whole separate sort of process or are you going to sort of keep doing what you guys are doing on linkedin and sort of just do what you've currently been doing yeah, LinkedIn's worked really well for us. We're going to continue to that, but now we're starting to add on channels. So we've been doing
0: very much like organic reach outs. And, you know, when you start a business, you don't have capital to invest in advertising and things like that. So we've been doing a lot of organic posting on LinkedIn and YouTube over the last couple of um months. But where we're going to be moving to is building out our own lead magnets and doing and focusing on YouTube ads to start with. And that's going to be sort of like the next traffic channel that we play with to build our email list and start developing our own internal products so we can teach people. And I guess like the whole reason why we're taking this pivot to our business is we just believe there's far too many businesses fail because they can't market and sell themselves correctly. So what we want to do at Persuasion Experience is exactly that. Show them how to create an experience that's so persuasive that they can make their business thrive. So that's the whole purpose of it. And we believe that going towards this new model and I guess with this new model, what we want to do is... There's a lot of agencies that are gatekeepers, right? They don't want to share their secrets. So what we want to do is empower these businesses really to create the best possible marketing and sales assets that they can make to build a better business and sell more stuff. Interesting. Why YouTube ads? Why YouTube ads? We believe that like a hey, all the YouTube ads are really bad at the moment. And just with some of the problems on Facebook recently, um, that's not great as well. But with the YouTube side, like people are there. Like YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, right? So the second largest search engine in the world and people are there to learn, they're there to solve their problems. And we just view it as a, just a a natural progression, right? We already do a whole bunch of video content. So by focusing on YouTube, we're gonna capture their attention. Then we can give them more of our amazing video content and then get them educated and get them into our persuasion experience funnel and show them what's possible when they use PX in their own business.
1: Interesting. What's the best way to build out like a lead magnet? Like let's say you give away some free ebook, some free PDF. Um, you're paying, I don't know, anywhere from ten to fifty dollars per person who gets the free ebook. So that's pretty pricey. How do you like turn like a person who just purchased an ebook into like a a person who pays two thousand dollars for a course? Yeah, so in terms of like that question, it's like how do we build an awesome lead magnet
0: that attracts the right type of prospect? The first of the first thing you need to really do is just understand your customer. And when clients sign up with Persuasion Experience, one of the first things that we ever roll out is actually a, a survey on their audience. So we interview and survey their current customers and clients, find out like their biggest problems, their biggest challenges right now. And we're really doing that to understand what's like going through their mind right now. And a good lead magnet should do this, right? It should... Answer a specific problem and it shouldn't be like too weighty right if you give someone like a 400 page guide on how like how to solve their problem they're never going to do it right so shorter simpler lead magnets work really well and you know people don't have all day to be researching this they just want the solution now and a good lead magnet gives that solution as quickly as possible and then it progresses to your next offer right which might be say a strategy session so let's just say if you're a property investment consultant or something like that or uh, let's say a home builder as an example right if you're a home builder um, and you're getting people who are buying their first home your lead magnet might be um seven steps to buying your home without even if you've got a zero dollar deposit or something along those lines so people that currently have a low deposit and they're looking to get into the market it's a really burning pain point that you know it's they're keeping it it's keeping them up at night what we want to do is we want to enter into that like that conversation that's already going in their mind where they'll be like of course i'm going to do this like it, it's this is giving me exactly what I want. So then they opt into this, they get educated. And the good part about like a really good lead magnet is it builds value. So this value gets built and now you look like the trusted advisor. So you need to like imagine a graph, right? Like there's skepticism right at the top and then there's trust on the other side. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to lower skepticism and we're trying to raise trust at the same time. So a good lead magnet will build that trust and we'll show you is the only solution in the marketplace. And that will make them more open to other offers come through so when you first got this lead then you want to have like an email nurturing sequence coming towards a second offer and the second offer might be hey it might be a 90-day blueprint and it's an info session of how to get your first home within the first 90 days even if you have zero dollars like we'll put you on the path to getting there and that would be sort of that dream come true experience and that would be how you design a really good not only lead magnet but also a funnel that's going to get those in-market leads that are actually ready to buy now how do you
1: make sure that like the leads that come through actually consume what you're giving them. Consume the book. Consume that case study. Yeah, well,
0: it's all in like the selling of it. And it's also like the quality of your product, right? If you have a bad video with bad audio, then they're never ever going to watch it. And if you've got like a report that's like really hard to read, there's this great app that's called like Hemingway. And it gives you like a grade score of how easy your writing is to read. And the lower the grade, right? You want to be writing at like a grade three or grade four level. But most businesses in the marketing, when we've analyzed it, right? They're writing at a grade 12 level. So they're actually alienating themselves from a large majority of the marketplace. But it's really about making it consumable. And that's what I said earlier in terms of when you're building these reports, what you want to do in these lead magnets, what you actually want to do is you want to make it easy for them to consume. And you don't want to be giving too much information because then you're just going to give them analysis paralysis and they'll never take action. So just making sure that your lead magnet answers the burning pain point and the burning question of your target market, that's the best way to get your lead magnet consumed. What has been sort of the
1: main pain or problem that you guys have been solving for your clients or who are your sort of ideal clients at the moment?
0: Yeah, so we've been working with a lot of software brands and software brands are great because they they understand the technology. They're amazing at product, they're amazing at creating awesome solutions for for their clients but what they, what they suck at is the psychology and they don't understand like what are the actual motivations for, um, you know, using their product or services or what are the challenges and really painting like a vivid problem of what their user is actually experiencing and showing their vehicle as, I mean, showing their product as the vehicle that can help them get to where they want to be, right? So for example, right, at Persuasion Experience, we help build out marketing funnels for, for businesses and software brands, but no one wants a funnel, right? What they really want is they want more clients and they want more leads and they want to widen their funnel at every stage so they can finally grow their business. So that's what they really want. And it's really about, um, yeah, creating, creating these assets that help um solve solve problems for for these brands
1: and a lot of these software companies what type of like now is it like a 50 dollar a month type of product and since it's more lower ticket you wouldn't need to build a vsl or some webinar what's sort of usually the solution yeah, so
0: again, it's like the free demo. The free demo always works really well, um, as well as free trials. So there's you know, booking a demo, we can show you how it works. Um, obviously, like the like the plot twist on that is like you can get all these demo leads in, but if your sales process sucks, and we've been on a lot of SaaS demos recently, and there's just no like congruent format for actually running those demos. So it's like they're not they don't tell you about the um, experience of the brand. They don't tell you about, um, you know, how it can solve you. They don't ask you like, what, what are your biggest pain points? They just sort of like give you information. It doesn't actually help progress in, in the process. So that's like the demo phase. And then if your software is like really easy to use and you can just sort of pick it up and go, that's where the free trial works really well. So it's really between sort of, you know, book a demo, see if it's a good fit for you or, you know, go, go it alone, book in a free trial and we can help you along the way. Those are sort of those two core offers for the software market
1: are you guys like basically setting up the ads running the campaigns creating the creatives and the clients basically saying hey i need a free trial Uh, my budget is like five dollars per free trial get as many free trials as you can for under five dollars per free trial is it as simple as that Yeah. So
0: how, where we fit into like the digital marketing equation, right? Um, To get digital marketing success, you need two things. You need traffic and then you need that traffic to convert. So we actually don't focus on the traffic side. We actually work with their current and existing traffic teams, but we focus on that post-click experience, right? What happens when someone hits a landing page, hits a website, hits an e-commerce store? Where do they go from there? And what we look to do is we look to optimize every single touch point. So it might be, we optimize the lead magnet, we get a 20% boost there. Then we optimize the landing page. We get a 30% boost there. Then we'll look at the email nurturing sequence and then we'll get another 30% boost there. So what we're doing is we're coming and looking at the the whole holistic funnel and every single touch point. So what we do is we come in and we just sort of tweak those core elements and those what we would call power elements to get more conversions flowing through so we can grow the lead pipeline and get more paying users come through for these software brands.
1: Interesting. So you guys are sort of more like consultants. You guys are coming in, seeing what needs tweaking and and putting your eye and your advice and telling the team what to change, what to fix. Um, You guys are sort of like consultants.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And we do do a lot of the implementation at the moment. We're moving more into that consultancy position. Um, But yeah, it's really cool because we come in and we get to look at all these businesses, right? We've worked with 450 plus businesses in 120 different industries. So we can just get dropped into any business. And the best thing about... Having such a wide breadth of experience is what we call it like tunnel vision versus funnel vision. So, what we find is all of these, um, all of these, you know, all of our clients, right? They're just focused on their competitors. And that's not where they should be focused. They should be looking outside their industry and having a, being really being a student of markets and having a look at all the exciting offers out there and thinking about, oh, how could that apply to my business? So, as an example, I've got a client in the like cleaning business, in the pet niche. And I've been working with him for now 18 months. And you know, we took his email channel from $15,000 to $140,000 a month just from email marketing alone. And what we've done is we've taken this tunnel vision versus funnel vision mindset. And instead of just looking at all the cleaning competitors out there, we've been looking at the supplement space because the supplement space, at the end of the day, right, it's just goop in a bottle that provides a benefit. And the supplement space, the best thing about it is it's so competitive. There's all these players out there. And in the cleaning space, because it's a little bit unsexy, no one's actually looking at it. So what we've done is we've been looking at that and we've been thinking about like okay like look at these offers run run in the supplement space right now let's apply it to this brand and we've been deploying offer after offer and after offer keeping it fresh and getting all these great responses coming through not only from our email marketing but from our front end advertising as well which i've been consulting with so yeah that's um that brings it down. Just to sort of like show you how important it is for like that tunnel vision versus funnel vision. Just having a look at like, hey, what are some similar industries out there that are similar to mine, but like aren't a direct competitor? What are their offers? What could I learn with it? You know, for the beauty space, for example, one of the like the offers that works really well is like get a free gift with purchase, and that's how you can really develop offers that are you know really exciting to your customers at the end of the day, and that's what it's all about.
1: Interesting. So majority of your clients that you sort of work with are they already sort of making revenue and they have something that works and they need to improve it or are there people that have a product and they need to make revenue
0: yeah so we work with existing businesses now we're not working with businesses in the startup phase so they've already got something working and they want to find out how to scale so it might be unlocking a new traffic source or it could be hey how can we extract more lifetime value out of each customer
1: now, what's the best way to attract people or companies that already are making revenue? Because they don't really have a pain point, they're, they're actually uh, in that lucky position where they have a solid cash flow coming in and now, like, they're not really looking for help. Yeah,
0: well, if they're, if they're not looking for help, we probably can't help them, but they a company always has a goal, right? And the goal might be maximizing profit, maximizing revenue. And it's rare that a company was like, oh, I want to stagnate this year and if I want to keep revenues the same. So at the end of the day, there's only three ways to grow a business, right? We can increase the amount of customers we have. We can increase the spend that they spend at our store or spend with our business. Or lastly, we can increase their purchase frequency. And those are the three big levers, right? So you can focus on customers. So there's two ways to do that, right? You can buy more traffic and have that come through, or you can f- focus on conversion rate opt optimization and making sure that for, you know, every hundred visitors that come through, more are converting um, for, you know, each hundred visitors that come through. And then the other side is like increasing average order value, right? Hey, are there complementary or upsell products that we can offer along the way? Because um, to go back to your question earlier around about lifetime value is Needs are rarely satisfied, right? Once we, you know, get a better car, then we're thinking about the next car, right? And then that's why all these brands, they don't have just one model of car, right? No, they've got, you know, the baby Tesla, they've got the mid size Tesla, they've got the Tesla roads there, which is like $200,000. And that's that's where you really get to maximize that lifetime value and making sure that you um, can cater for the new problems that a product might provide a customer, right? So, you know, if we're in the lead generation business and we influx your business, with leads and you don't have enough sales reps well maybe we need to get like a sales team in board, on on board or you can you know outsource a sales rep um, so you can keep up with demand so that would be starting to think about like okay what are like the the other problems that our our user is having because a business is just there to provide value and really just help other businesses with problems so if we can solve more of the problems for um businesses out there that's how we're going to generate more lifetime value for each customer that comes through our doors
1: with the current business model of yours Where do you see the main bottleneck being given the fact that if you sort of bring on businesses, they're already making money. You give them advice on email marketing that does well. They make money. You give them advice on how to better their ads, how to sort of scale and and spend more ad spend. Then there's like optimizing the landing page and the website, creating other sources of traffic. So there's an infinite amount of things you can help a business and give insight to um so theoretically you could be working with each client for like forever over 24 months um but usually what would be the bottleneck or why would people drop off if they they may want to drop off so the main bottleneck
0: for the businesses at the moment would be there's a couple of different bottlenecks right so once they've Like, so how a a typical client journey works, right, is like they always have a traffic problem first. So they're just like, I need traffic. And then we always speak with clients. They're like, hey, we spent $100,000 on SEO, but we can't convert any of the traffic. Come help us. So what we'll do is like a conversion audit, we'll review all their analytics, we'll survey their customers and just be like, okay, here's the plan of attack. This is the new website or this is the new marketing funnel we need to develop. Let's go build that out. And then once that's actually optimized, then we are actually no longer needed unless there's some other sort of projects that they want to work on, like email marketing or something like that. But our best case scenario is that once we've actually patched their funnel is that they don't actually need us anymore because we've done our job and really helped them to increase the persuasiveness of their brand. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I guess from there would be we can start to become an insurance policy afterwards, right? So every six months, hey, book in a conversion audit with us. We'll review your health and vitals at each channel. And we'll look to provide some recommendations and some A-B tests. That you can start to deploy on your, on your website or on your marketing funnel to get more leads, get more sales coming through. And that's, that's the other way how we work with businesses and brands.
1: Given the fact that you guys are sort of really selective with the people you work with, Um, as for example a consultant like me would you recommend a small amount of super high ticket clients where you're working one-on-one with a client for six months and it might be like a 10 to 20k package or would you recommend multiple many sort of smaller 3k sort of to 5k packages maybe even less than 3k like 2.5k packages which option or is it both Ideally, a combination
0: of both, right? Um, I mentioned one of my marketing mentors earlier being Dan Kennedy. And Dan Kennedy says, the most dangerous number in business is one, right? So, you know, one customer, one traffic channel, even one business, right? Like that just opens up all this risk. and. We find that a lot of businesses, they're just reliant on one channel. We saw like the iOS updates come through recently and all these businesses were decimated and crushed pretty much overnight, right? Like all their economics didn't make sense anymore. They're on like a knife's edge and they didn't actually have the other channels figured out. And that's that's what we help a lot of our um, clients to do is actually to be innovative and unlock new channels so it might be hey let's run a youtube ad strategy let's open up the lead magnet and an offer page to get more clients and leads coming through or maybe it's facebook ads hey we need to repivot the facebook side of things like for example um i just got results in today which i'm super stoked about which is a client they came to us their cost per acquisition to get a client through and this is for um, e-commerce as well as it's like a software brand as well. So they've got like a like a um, recurring back end. It's an annual subscription and everything. But once the iOS updates came through, their CPA, their cost to acquire a client went from $60 all the way up to $250. So what we needed, to, obviously, like that's not economical whatsoever. So they've called us up and said, hey, we need help, like our conversion rates has been decimated. And we just got um the findings through. We've just opened up this test and it's been going for about two weeks now, but it's a new, completely new offer, right? So we've changed the, the positioning and the actual pricing of this offer. And we've taken it from $250 cost per acquisition all the way down to $30. So we've just absolutely slashed it by just changing changing the offer, right? Like we haven't really changed too much wordings, but it's all about how it's presented to the customer. And um, the economics now make sense. So now we can unlock scale for them and we've reopened up Facebook as a traffic channel.
1: Interesting. So in that example, how do you change an offer where it's literally... In that case, like, five hundred percent more <laughs> enticing.
0: Yeah, it's all in, in regards to the positioning and like the wordings, right? So what we've done is we've—they're still getting the same amount of average order value, but the way that we've um, offered is, that, hey, instead of um, you know paying for this device, you actually get the device for free now, and then the subscription's this amount. So people think, oh my god, I get this free device, and then I just pay for this on the back end. That's perfect, and it's just totally changed the way people think about it.
1: Wow. That is so freaking smart. Now, how have you guys applied that same sort of mentality to your own offer? What's your advice to consultants, people who have value to offer? How can they make a $2,000 sort of coaching program, consulting package sound good? Well, it's all about what
0: what does your customer want? Like what's their dream outcome? how can you deliver their dream outcome even faster? You know, there's a lot to be said about like the actual time it takes to get a breakthrough. And it's like, um, you know, why is... Spotify is so popular and then we're seeing a reduction in piracy at the moment, people pirating like movies and stuff because the only thing better than free is fast, right? And people can just load up Netflix, they can load up Spotify and just start playing songs instantly, right? They don't want to download the song, put it through some emulator software, put it on their phone, right? They want it today and right now. So coaches and consultants, what they really need to do is they just need to think about that dream outcome and how – can they create their delivery vehicle to get that dream outcome as quickly as possible? Because we were talking about it earlier, people don't wanna be reading 400 page reports. They just wanna solve their problem as quickly as possible. And the faster that they can do that, the more they'll actually pay. So that would be my advice to consultants is just making sure that A, you can deliver a really good you know, vehicle to get your prospect to where they wanna be as fast as possible.
1: Interesting. So let's say my sort of package or program is how to, Scale e-commerce brands and products through Facebook ads The problem they want to solve is brands. They don't know how to run Facebook ads. They don't know how to scale Facebook ads um, they're, they're struggling to just scale the e-commerce brand. They have all the product. They know the product is good But they're struggling with the marketing. Let's make it a bit more They're struggling with the marketing and they just want someone to do it for them, I guess um, so would a good offer be talking about how We take that stress off your hands. We do or we show you how to do the marketing. We give you the blueprint that you can just copy and paste. Is that sort of what you mean by angling or am I off?
0: So in terms of like, let's just like, you know, workshop it right now, in terms of like creating a really good offer for that marketplace would be, you know, what's what's the biggest issue? Is it like that they don't know that they can't validate their concept or they can't get sales online? Is that the the big burning pain problem? They're struggling to get sales online. Yeah, yeah. So like an amazing offer would be like, hey, pay us $1 and we'll get you 10 sales for your product in the next three business days. Wow. So you're going to create an ad campaign. And then once you've got that and you've satisfied that, then you'll put them on, you know, say a $3,000 retainer after that because you've proven that you can get the result. And then that's just going to be, you know, it's not like booking a strategy session. They know what they want, right? They want someone to run their Facebook ads. And this is going to show them that they're going to get... see instant results in three days. Now, whether you can deliver it, that's another thing, but that's definitely gonna be a polarizing message that stands out in the marketplace.
1: Holy crap, that's amazing. What is your angle that you guys use for your own business? Do you guys have a similar like crazy angle like That angle. I'm writing that down. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Let me know
0: how it goes, Andy. (laughs) Uh, um, So, in terms of our business at the moment, like we are moving more away from the consulting approach at the moment to focus on our own products. But historically, what our whole offer has been is there's a lot of mystique about you know what is a marketing funnel and like what sort of marketing funnel should I build I know there's webinars there's VSLs there's long form sales letters <laughs> quiz funnels what we say is hey book in a 30 minute chat with you and we'll give you your um, your funnel blueprint for free because we know that the the science isn't actually in the, the like the actual the funnel and which emails come when it's actually in the execution right the offer creation the research and the sales copy and what we like to call um, brand response copy so it's direct response copy but mixed with brand so it's not super aggressive and it's combining all these things together to create a really, yeah, polarizing offer. But yeah, For our business, that's what it is. It's like, hey, we'll build out your funnel map and show you exactly what to build. And that's going to be the perfect way to get more leads, increase your pipeline and get more sales coming through the doors. And then we give them the funnel map and that's also part of our proposal, right? And then we have, hey, here are the options of working together. And it just naturally glides into being like, do you want to do this or not? And if they don't, that's fine. They can still get great benefit from going through this, right? Because it's all about helping people at the end of the day, right? They've got the funnel map, they can go build it themselves. And if they happen to mess it up, they can come back to us and be like, look what I've done fix it matt so that's how um we've built our own our own um offer internally is hey yeah get your client acquisition map and we'll build it out for you just let us know what you're after and then we sort of show hey this is what we can do for you this is the research phase this is all the strategy that we do then we can do the copy we can do the design we can do the build for you
1: what have you guys found to be the best sort of sales process because i've noticed that There's like two approaches. One approach where you just sort of give value and then if they sort of, they see how much value you give them, they just ask, hey, can I work with you? And the other approach is sort of, you go straight into sort of a discovery style call, where you're sort of seeing what their problem is, asking them why they need help and sort of just doing a lot of discovery, literally. And then you sort of give them the solution. Every time I've mixed in both, where it's like, here's some value, oh, by the way, would you want to work with us? It's sort, of, it's sort of, for some reason, I think I, because it's something to do with the framing, where when you're sort of giving, 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 and then you go in for the ask after you sort of give them what they're looking for, they're not framed in the mind to accept your ask. But when you sort of start with a discurricle, you're framing them. So I've struggled to mix both, or what's your advice? It all depends on how this leads initially coming to you. So with a lot of the
0: LinkedIn, the personal branding, the YouTube videos that we've been doing, we've been throwing out value already. So when people come to the actual sales process, they know what we do and they're really interested to see how we can help. So from there, we go more into the discovery, making sure we can actually help them before we go you know, building out these like funnel maps because you know, if they're after traffic, we don't sell traffic or Facebook ads or anything like that, right? Um, We focus more on the conversion side, so it wouldn't be naturally be a good fit. So we do the discovery, but we use a model called Bant. Um, called B-A-N-T. And that stands for Budget, Authority, Need, and Timeline. So we just want to make sure that, hey, do they have the budget? Do they have the authority to actually make the decision on this? Do they actually have the like a pressing need for this? Is it become a burning problem that they must fix relatively soon? And also, what's their timeline? If they're like, hey, yeah, we're looking at focusing on it 2023, we'd be like, great. Like, it sounds like we should have a touch base in December or something like that if they were to give us a call in August right now. So that would be um, how I think about it is that discovery point is really um, valuable, but you want to make sure that you are talking with the right person because we've all been there before. we have just not been speaking with people that never had like the need or like the actual timeline to move ahead and everyone's just wasted their time. It's really being respectful of both parties time.
1: Amazing. You guys have been doing like a super good job on like LinkedIn. What's your biggest tip? Because I feel like, you know, you put up a post, you'll get a hundred impressions and no comments. All right, let me sort of create something that gets more engagement. Right, I create something a bit better. Now I'm getting two comments and I reply to these comments. Cool, and now I get like maybe 150 impressions. All right, tomorrow I'm gonna do the same thing. Oh, same results. I got one or two comments, 150 impressions. Let's sort of continue and like, do you see a steady growth with each post? Or how do you do well on LinkedIn?
0: Yeah, yeah. So with LinkedIn, it all depends on your goal. If your goal is to be like, you know, famous and known, obviously go for impressions, go for shares, go for comments and everything like that. But often my best performing um, posts that get dollars in our bank account don't get any comments or almost don't get any likes. And that's because... Instagram, like only 1% of people actually engage on Instagram. So there's all these people out there and I'm constantly catching up with mates if I'm at a party or something like that. They're like, oh, mate, oh, like you're killing it on LinkedIn. I love your posts. Like, but Andy, how many posts have you liked of mine in the last month? I think maybe, maybe I've seen you do one one like or something like that. And that just goes to show that there's all these people out there. They're getting exposed to your content, but they're not engaging with it. And that's just what you need to remember. Like don't get... Like sometimes it can just be a likes race and I've definitely been there before, but make sure you're optimizing for your metric of success. And our metric of of success is getting those strategy sessions booked in because we know that a certain number are going to... relate to a new client coming through. So that's like our, our end goal is to get strategy sessions. So while we like to look at impressions and engagement rate, there's a really cool app called shield app as any marketer needs to do. They need to record like how good their posts are doing. And we do look at that. You need to just always remember like, what is my North star and our North star is getting posts that get people to book in a strategy session with
1: us. And what type of posts have you guys found got the most strategy sessions? Definitely results-focused ones get
0: people out of the woodwork. So I did one post that generated me $90,000 on LinkedIn and it actually created a really cool referral partnership. But it was like, um, yeah, just taking a screenshot of a before and after of a client's Klaviyo account. They are an e-commerce client showing the, yeah, just the transformation that they'd made in like eight short months. And it was an amazing case study, right? Um, but I also put in value to it, right? So it's not like, look how great I am. No, here are the four things that I did to get to this level and how we I were able to add an extra 1.2 million in revenue to this client's bottom line. And yeah, these are the four steps that we did to get this. And there's like no pitch or anything at the end of it. It's just like, hey, we've done this and here's some value for you. And and yeah, that's that's the funny thing. Like by not asking for someone's like request of time, you can get a lot of people interested. Then they're, now they're just curious, right? They've got all this intrigue. They're like, oh, Matt must be a wizard or something. Like let's at least have a chat with him. So that's been the best post that we've ever done on LinkedIn.
1: That's amazing. Tell me about your experience working with the Audi brand. Um, was that your yeah. last company or was that prior prior? That was my last job. So um
0: in terms of my overall experience, it's been a, it's been a wild ride my 20s. Um, <laughs> I initially started off as an accountant, which gave me a really good understanding of like, you know, unit economics because when it comes to good marketing, you really need to understand like the economics that, that makes sense, right? Like your cost per acquisition needs to be above the lifetime value. You need to have all the margins and everything like that. So that was really good. But then I just did a 180. I went into filmmaking and followed this crazy entrepreneur guy who taught marketing advice. And as I was editing all his videos, I was like, wow, this is really cool. All this marketing stuff. I want to like delve more into this so when that job wrapped up i joined one of the largest direct response agencies in australia which is king kong and i was a conversion and sales funnel specialist there and to this day i've been the longest serving member and probably built the most amount of funnels at that agency and then after that i joined the udi and was their head of funnels and conversion rate optimization so the udi is part of a brand um here in australia called davy group and the davy group they own like seven e-commerce brands are in you know usa uk australia but yeah at the udi um, you know in peak winter and lockdown times, you're we spending more than $100,000 a day on ads. And you know, as a head of funnels and conversions, I needed to make sure that the website was really set up for success. So we were running A-B tests. I was talking with our agency at the time, just guiding them through in terms of like the process, in terms of what we need to test first, based on our experience, setting up the right testing logs, and also just making sure we've run the right prioritization tests on, on the store so we can get more revenue coming through the doors. Because once you reach that level of, scale you know like a 10 percent winning test could mean an extra 10 million dollars in the bottom line of the company so it's absolutely massive and i think i was i'm obviously no longer with the company anymore but i saw them on afr the other day And i think they're doing about 270 million dollars a year in sales across all the different brands across all the different geos so that's the thing like these little these little hinges can swing really big doors and that's the importance of having a really like great conversion rate optimization um, you know, program within your business is it can get a whole bunch of revenue coming through.
1: How many impressions do you need for tests to be valid that, okay, A is better than B? And is impression, is that a good metric to go by? Um, so, So obviously, like you're talking about
0: like the number of like views on a page, Honestly, like it's a, that's a pretty loaded question. There's all these calculators online that can generate that for you because obviously not every business is the same. Like it, it would be great if every business was like getting all these views coming through, but not every business gets to that stage. But really, it comes down to having the right testing philosophy. And when it comes to doing an A-B test, we see people all the time, they're, just, they're running way too many tests. And that's one of the... The problems with the industry at the moment, there's all these apps out there that do A-B testing and everyone's like obsessed with A-B testing, but they don't understand the philosophy. And often we find them actually testing the wrong things and they're like, oh, you know, this test is one, but they haven't actually, you know, with conversion rate optimization, depending on where you want to be testing on like your e-commerce store or on your funnel, you always really want to be testing for, at the end of the day, conversions, right? So people actually going to that new experience and did they convert more and also what was the impact of their spend on the account, right? Just because a test wins but they spend less could mean it was actually a losing test for revenue as well. So it can get pretty nuanced, but I think when it comes down to conversion rate optimization, there's a simple philosophy, right? Does it scream or does it whisper? So if it screams, that's what you should be testing first. Don't be testing the things that whisper. So. An example of something that screams would be your headline and your messaging, right? Right at the above the fold of the of the page, at the top of the page, 100% of the people are going to see that, right? Don't test the thing down in the footer down below because no one, like only 10% of traffic will even get to the bottom of the page, right? So that's one of the things that scream. Other things that scream are like the imagery, the pricing, and then that offer. And the things that whisper, you know, people are always talking about CTA colors and stuff like that. Oh, you should change to a blue button. I've seen it convert better. I have run those tests and they have converted better, um, but it's all dependent on the brand 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 but that's what you do after you've tested all the main stuff and that's what i wanted to leave you with on like the conversion rate optimization right you've got to test the things that scream what the people see the majority of because that's going to have the biggest impact on on your conversion rate and on your a b test and going to get the most amount of people converting
1: so let's say you change the header from free worldwide shipping to just something simple like um, a holiday sale how long would you let that test run to know that, okay, one of these is better than the other and we have enough data to determine so?
0: Yeah, so again, like it's dependent on how many people are actually coming to the website on a daily basis. But like at a bare minimum, if you're a business, you want to at least be getting at like a thousand sessions on each experience. So then you start to get statistically significant information. Um, But, like, you know, if it takes three months to get a 1,000 people towards Mm -hmm. each experience, there's all these different things that can impact a test. So ideally, like, you shouldn't be running a test longer than two fortnights, but it's all dependent on the business, right? We work with, um, you know, brands like Linktree, for example, to like high growth startups that are just getting started with like spending on their traffic and have nowhere near the amount of hits as someone like Linktree. But that's a sort of, you got to make do with what you got to make do, but that's the thing where right? we've got to test the things that scream, not the things that whisper.
1: And then with something like the Audi that's just getting a ton of traffic, does that mean you guys are doing like A B test every single day or even multiple A-B tests per day? it all depends on the experience as well right like
0: if there's if a test is just like neck and neck sometimes you need to let it like run out a little bit more whereas if you're onto like an obvious winner you can actually end the test quite earlier because you've got um, that statistical significance even faster because like the conversion rate difference is so is so fast but ideally when it came to the Udi, we were just doing um, one test at a time just so we could have really clear information with clarity but I know like for example like Amazon they can get like a test done in like three to four hours right they've just got so much traffic coming through like yep this one's a winner this
1: one's a winner like let's change it so um, and that's obviously like on a, ho- a whole new level. And were you guys getting sort of bigger sort of improvements from pivoting and changing the product images, product name or actual store design changes, like changing it from add to cart to buy it now, um, adding in a pop-up, trying shaking buttons versus not shaking buttons. Was it more sort of design changes or was it the actual creative? A mix of
0: design as well as messaging. So those are your two big levers when it comes to um, conversion rate optimization and I think like conversion rate optimization obviously it is a bit misunderstood because it's really the art and science of understanding your customer and the benefit is like you get to increase conversion rates but you can learn more from like a losing A-B test about like what your customers hate than you can then from like a winning test and that's what it's all about. So. When I think about conversion rate optimization I think of like you know a Venn diagram right you've got three circles and how you want to do conversion rate optimization first you just want to go on a fact finding mission and it's just data analytics you're looking at like Google Analytics maybe you're surveying your customers i um, trying to find trends and starting to build hypotheses in your mind and then what you're doing is a UX review right usability hey is this a similar experience to um you know other stores online Often we see like these amazing like startup brands, they've got like flying logos and like all these crazy neon colors, but there's actually like a skill gap to even learn how to use their website to buy. And then you just need to think about like, okay, what would be a familiar experience to buy from, right? Everyone buys from Amazon. What if we made our experience similar to sort of checking out on Amazon? What would that do to conversions? And that's often what we see is like just, you know, they go to a branding company that do amazing design. But the design doesn't convert. And if the design doesn't convert, it was essentially like a worthless exercise, right? They've got a cool brand and they can gloat about it to so their friends, but it doesn't actually work in the real world. Um, so that's the usability portion. And that last portion is what we would call PX, which is the persuasion experience, right? Your actual messaging and really understanding your users and like, what's the biggest benefit a product can provide, right? And that's where we start to change the, maybe it's the information and like the, the way it's displayed on the website. So it's those three elements that make up really good conversion rate optimization, right? The data analytics, the usability, and then that persuasion experience.
1: When someone like Dave brings in someone like you, that's sort of the CRO, does he know everything you do personally already? And he's sort of like, just bring on someone to take that off his plate? Or was he bringing on you and you're sort of discovering and figuring things out that he just doesn't have time for and he might not even know personally?
0: Um, Davey's an amazing entrepreneur and he was doing it all before people came along, right? So wow. he's got people on like myself and other people post me to be able to take it off his plate and people that he can trust to then take it to the le- next level and be like, hey, these are the things that we are missing in the program. Let's add them to the program, make it more robust build up a really good testing log, and then more importantly, share it with the rest of the organization, right? Share it with the Facebook ads team, right? Hey, we ran this test over here. I got a 20% boost on conversions. Can you try this new angle on ads, right? Like, and (laughs) getting them to understand it, but then also getting, you know, the fulfillment team and like the customer service team on board as well and understanding, hey, this is what our customers really like when we respond to messages. Maybe we want to use this sort of messaging. So, yeah, Davey... um, Awesome, awesome, very talented entrepreneur. He's younger than me as well. Um, I hate that, but all, all good. Um, but yeah, like he he's very full stack and he's very good at marketing. And sort of what I was talking about earlier being like that tunnel vision versus funnel vision, like he's always looking for the next thing, right? And he's one of those entrepreneurs that probably never sleeps, right? He's always on Twitter. He's looking at the other big players in e-commerce, looking at their checkouts, and he's always sending stuff through, being like, hey, we should um, experiment with stuff like this. So he had a very experiment um minded way of doing things for their AB testing program, which is great. He also really understood the power of CRO. Like not many people understand like how important it is. Again, as I said earlier, it's the art and science of actually understanding a customer. That's what CRO is all about. And he really understood that. And that's why, you know, he was willing to invest in it because, you know, just a couple of winning tests every single year would be an extra 10 million, 20 million, $30 million in the bank.
1: What type of background would you look for when hiring a CRO? Is it someone with like an actuarial degree where they're they're looking at numbers all the time, an accountant, what type of people would you look for? That, yeah, someone who's full
0: stack, right? Like you want someone that understands a bit of copy, a bit of messaging, and also like understanding like consumer psychology is really important. So really understanding what, and having a really big like obsession about what making it and what makes consumers buy. That's like one of the first things that you need to look for. Obviously like there's, there's and there's all these tools out there around like um, data analytics and um calculators for, you know, when to stop an A/B test and everything like that. So probably not so, like it is very statistical as well. Um, but that's why like these CRO programs, a lot of people actually work with agencies to help develop them because to get a full CRO team involved, right, you're looking at, you know, potentially a developer to set up the test, a data analyst to do all the research for you. Then you're looking for a strategist, you know, from there, you may be looking at like half a million dollars a year. So that's why some people get agencies involved when they've got the right amount of traffic coming through. And often it's it's good, but you always want to upskill. And there's a, one really good book on that by... Uh, I think his name is Chris Goward. It's called You Should Test That and he runs one of the largest CRO books. That's how I actually got into CRO Uh, and yeah, his agency is called Wider Funnel which is a great name as well and um, yeah, it just talks to you about some general principles that really help with um, rolling out a really good CRO program for your business so you can get more conversions, understand your customers better and
1: make more profit. That's super cool. Last topic, Um, given that you guys were able to sort of due to COVID and and over the last year, do your own thing, build your own company, work for yourself. What's your sort of advice for people looking to sort of do their own thing? Let's say they want to become a consultant. They want to share a piece of knowledge they have. How do you go from giving value on social media organically and getting impressions, getting people organically, seeing your stuff bit by bit, and turn that to getting your first paying customer.
0: Yeah, I, it's about putting yourself out there first, right? So people want to do business with people that they know, like and trust. So as I said at the start of um, one of your questions, was like you got to be somebody and you got to be somewhere. So just focus on one channel and just focus on rocking up there and doing, you know, a post a day and just sharing some of your expertise. People will notice, may even land you a better job. I know it did for me, um, and I wish I'd started doing it a little bit earlier, to be honest. Um, so that would be the first piece of advice. But my next piece of advice is like if you actually haven't done it before, like you need to even like work for free initially i know um we talked about that uh Client in the cleaning space earlier, right? Like it was COVID. I was bored on the weekend. I put out a LinkedIn post, being like, "Hey, offering free conversion audits for any e-commerce stores out there." Um, he hit me up. We did a like a free conversion audit for him. He then applied everything to his business, and we took his average order value at the time, which was was pretty bad to me honestly. It was like thirty five dollars, and he took it to one hundred dollars thanks to my advice. So we started doing a lot of bundling and things like that. And I've just shown him how to pretty much. Um, not double, but triple his business and his revenue because he's getting more average order value coming through. So once you show someone what you can do for their business, they'll want more of it. And then he's come back to me being like, hey, I know you're great at copywriting and email marketing. Let's have a chat about like email email marketing and stuff. And ever since, you know, it took him 12 months to come back to me, to be honest. But what happened was now I've been working with him every month for now the last 15 months. And that's how I went working from free all the way to getting a
1: $40,000 lifetime value out of this client and counting. That's beautiful, Matt. Where can people find more about what you do learn from you? I know you drop amazing value daily. What's the best way for people to learn more from you, Matt?
0: Yeah, at the moment on LinkedIn and YouTube. And if you want to get a free book from me, go to mattsfreebook.com and I'll have a little present there waiting for you just to teach you about persuasion experience and just how to become more persuasive with your online marketing so you can get more customers and profit coming through.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate your time today. I just love how... This is something i can definitely feel the enthusiasm through the screen this is something you live in and you love and you're passionate about and you really sort of nerd out like i asked you like a bunch of different questions within sort of marketing you're able to you just have a really broad sort of vast sort of expansive of knowledge within this space yeah awesome super fun to be on maybe we we'll have to do a part two sometime soon most definitely so yeah That's another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys made it through this far, thank you so much for your time and I'll see you guys next week with nothing but more value. Peace.